Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone in the world that is passionate about making others healthier in the world. We cover a variety of different topics. And what I'm super excited about today is having Vivek Krishnamurthy on the call today. And Vivek has a very interesting background and interesting perspective from a a retail and fintech perspective and financial technology perspective, but from a from an investor perspective. So he's an investor at Commerce Ventures. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Vivek, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Couldn't be happier to be on. Great, great. Well, thanks for your time. And maybe you can start off telling us a little bit about your origin story. How did you get started? What led you to where you're at today? Absolutely. So I, uh, I'm a Bay Area native, grew up around here, went to Southern California for four years uh, for college and experienced uh, good weather for a small period of time. And now I'm back. Um, so I uh, came up here for, you know, a two and a half year stint or two year stint at an investment bank called Financial Technology Partners. Um, it's a boutique investment bank that focuses on M&A and private placements for uh, specifically financial technology companies. So folks that are at the intersection of uh, technology and traditional financial services. So think Apple Pay, Venmo, Square, folks like that. Um, and, you know, through that, got a lot of exposure to everything from insurance to banking to payments to, to lending. Um, after my time there, decided to move a little bit earlier stage and came and had the opportunity to join Commerce Ventures, which is a $100 million venture capital fund that focuses on um, you know, retail and, and fintech and kind of the way we think of the world is along the commerce continuum. So thinking about how businesses and consumers shop, save, spend and secure their personal life and their financial life. And that encompasses retail tech, fintech and insure tech. Um, and so we spend a lot of time thinking about those three categories, talking to corporates uh, in those spaces um, and kind of developing our own theses. Um, and, you know, part of what we've done recently is think really carefully about other verticals that intersect the ones that we care about. Um, and healthcare has been this, um, you know, white whale, um, whether you think about, you know, financial services or, or retail. So it's a place we've been spending some time. So happy to come on here and chat about what we, how we see the world. Amen. No, this is great, Vivek. Yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah, really, really appreciate what commerce is, is doing, you know, in the space and the way you guys are thinking about these markets and the, these sub markets. Um, so, you know, so obviously with, you know, retail and sure tech, uh, fintech, uh, there's so many of these sub processes, so much commerce going on in healthcare. You know, you have a $3.5 trillion shift happening from like a, a service based model to a value based model. That's a lot of money. That's a lot sure. of, you know, financial services that are, feels like that's changing. But I, I guess, uh, what is changing in the space? You know, why, why yeah. is insure tech, uh, you know, changing? Why, why is retail? And, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit on, yeah. on, why this is exciting? What are the opportunities? What are the what are the forces that are at play that you know should allow us to sh- to have a different mental model now about the market? Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, when we when we first got involved uh, in this space, our thesis had very much been around you know pretty simplistic idea around you know patient collection. So everyone everyone knows that hospitals lose money, um, mid sized practices lose money, and small. Small, small businesses or one or two kind of physician practices lose money as well. So we came in with the kind of, you know, hammer, everything looks like a nail approach. And initially it was kind of, let's let's think about how you can just make that payment billing process better. Um, but the more and more we spend time in it, the more we realize that it's actually truly a retail and fintech issue. And the reason I say that is, um, you know, 
as patient burden shifts from payers to to patients, you know, there's really no, you know, <laughs> more elegant way of saying it. <laughs> right. Patients end up having to deal with more and more out of pocket as high deductible health plans go up, um, both in in cap as well as kind of just you know frequency. Um, you're you're seeing you know. You're, you're seeing physicians have to transition from a point of service to a point of sale. And there's no, again, no, no better way of saying it. Um, someone whose primary practice had been, I help patients. I have a third party billing company that knows how to collect from an insurance company who also knows how to pay because that's, that's what their job is, um, is, is now thinking about how do I collect from consumers who have much higher default rates, not even because they don't want to or can't pay because sometimes they don't even know how to pay. Um, and how do you collect them, collect from them in a humane way? And then you start realizing that you're a, you know, three person medical office focusing on building a small collections team when you should be serving your patients. Um, and right. so that's where we saw kind of retail become more and more kind of prevalent and trying to take the lessons from how other places have thought about kind of empathetic and customer centric, or in this case, patient patient centric ways to ensure that a transaction happens in the overall kind of wrapper of providing best in class healthcare. Interesting. Interesting, Vivek. Yeah, no, it, you know, exciting, exciting times and definitely appreciate you highlighting, uh, you know, these changes that are that are happening in the space. Maybe we can dive a little bit deeper and unpack some of the, the areas you're mentioning that have you very passionate uh, sure. these days. And maybe if you want to choose one of those, you know, sub processes in this fintech and sure tech space and maybe elaborate a little bit more. And, you know, why, why, you know, why is, why is, uh, your excitement and your attention there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, w- w- one of the things that we've been thinking about recently has been, um, kind of, you know, thinking about a world where you have the full power of technology powering a healthcare provider to not just collect payments, but actually think about engaging your, your, your end patient or end user from the point they decide to be working with you to the point where they either no longer need you or they're on kind of a, a longer term health plan. And so we've been looking and thinking about platforms that can do everything from onboard patients to help them navigate kind of which of the various programs they should use to pay, whether it's their HSA, their FSA, their personal savings, um, you know, which which doctors or physicians or hospitals to choose. Um, and then from that point on, thinking about kind of having their credit card on file, pre-authing them for very specific procedures, uh, rather than going into a doctor's office just to find out that you're out of network, that you have to do your billing. You know, when, when you're in this time of kind of health need, the last thing you really want to be thinking about is reconciling bills or thinking about, you know, how you're going to afford something. So getting all of that headache out of the way beforehand. And what we find when we look at kind of patients and their ability and willingness to pay. In the United States, we're really fortunate. The vast majority of people are willing to pay their bills if they can. And actually, the Uh vast majority of people who don't pay their bills genuinely don't know how to. They're confused about whether they're in collections or how do they pay their bill. And again, creating this kind of engagement layer that just does more than collect, but tells you how to adhere to, you know, pill regimens, how to contact your physician, how to think about finding other physicians or kind of ancillary care to support you with your care and kind of wrapping the payment into it. I think um, what we've noticed is in healthcare, you know, it's become increasingly more and more transactional um, and kind of injecting the humanity back into it is actually a phenomenal business decision. Um, You're not going Mm -hmm. to get your patients to engage with you materially if all you're doing is pinging them about um, when they should pay you. Uh, and so we've been really excited, excited in these kind of holistic engagement platforms. 
um, that have, you know, not just an impact in healthcare specifically, right? Helping a physician take care of their patient and the patient, you know, pay and engage with their, with their, with their physician. Um, beyond that, you know, being able to engage with the patient in that way allows you to collect vast amounts of really, really interesting data that then becomes really valuable to people like healthcare providers and pharma companies and all sorts of folks. Um, so we think kind of owning that, you know, I, I say customer in quotes because, you know, it's, it's really a patient relationship, but owning that relationship in this space becomes immensely valuable. Um, and, you know, that it, it tends to be one of those rare occasions that you, you can, you, you know, technology is, is materially helping both, you know, the co- consumer, in this case, the patient, as well as the, the purchaser of that product, which is the physician or the insurance carrier or the medical bill or whoever chooses to distribute it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vivek, this is, this is really interesting. What would you say is, you mentioned, you know, a couple of pieces there that are, are pretty important. So uh, engaging the patient, um, making the ability to pay and the clarity of what to pay, how to pay and when to pay, you know, very clear. Any, any thoughts on the difference that makes a difference? Is it, is it more technology or the, you know, the medium that you're engaging patients? You know, you can do calls, you can do texts, you could do like, you know, Amazon Alexa now, you know, engaging people, but any, mm-hmm. any thoughts on, is it, is it macro factors in the market? Is it legislation? Is it, is it, mm-hmm. you know, the bundle payment structure? Is it the tech itself? Like, what do you, what are some differences that make the difference from, from your perspective? You, you know, the way, the way we think about a lot of things is, you know, in financial services, you know, you know, so many products are sold, not bought. And kind of the, the thought behind that is when you're a patient, you know, you're kind of force ranking of things that you care about um, generally puts kind of the payment and the transaction at the very bottom. Um, and so when you, you know, the thing that we always look for is what we call embedded payments, whether it's a payment or any other type of financial service, right? You can do a point of sale loan to, to facilitate a, a healthcare treatment. For us, we think a lot about kind of embedded natural pop-ups of these financial services products kind of in the customer journey flow, as opposed to kind of ending your patient flow with a physician and then getting bombarded by a third-party collector um, who's calling out of a, you know, a basement in, in the Midwest somewhere. You know, we, we think that kind okay. of a compassionate embedded when you are, when it is appropriate to think about a financial services product or interaction, making sure that you as the financial services provider show up there in an empathetic kind mm-hmm. of centric way, I think is absolutely critical. And that is part that is part mm-hmm. you know, marketing and branding. And a big part of it, however, is technology, making sure that you have a flexible enough platform um, that can accept payments over time or installment payments or issue credit or uh, auto apply uh, auto apply patient for all the financial aid, be it private or federal. Um, you know, those things matter and those things dramatically change uh, outcomes, both for patients and for physicians and for hospital systems. Interesting. Interesting. And, um, you know, so there's a couple of new phenomenons going on. Obviously, the, you know, consumer credit, you mentioned a couple of mechanisms, right? You know, credit, HSAs, FSAs. Um, how, how would the credit and HSA and FSA work? You know, so obviously not everyone gets offered an HSA, right? Usually it's, it's coupled with a high deductible plan. Any innovations or thoughts or changes on the horizons you you see that that can really allow that to be like an index that can be coupled appropriately with, with credit. Uh, So absolutely. I think, I think it's, it's a really interesting, it's an interesting topic to dig into. I'd actually say from a venture perspective over the past six months, we've actually seen quite a bit of innovation in the HSA space. 
Um, and that, that's obviously a function of them becoming more and more predominant as more employers choose these high deductible health plans. Um, and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I candidly, I'm of I'm two, two minds of it, right? On, on one hand, um, it's the most tax advantaged product that we have, you know, in the United States, you know, bar none. Right. Um, and there's a lot of really creative, intelligent people finding ways to democratize access to that. So you may have an HSA, but you may not realize the best way to contribute to it. You might not be able to, um, you know, understand all the things that you can, you know, you can deduct from your taxes based on kind of the IRS list of 300 or so items that you can. And there's some amazing people doing this, right? You have mm-hmm. HSA who's doing some awesome work. Um, you have Lively Health that's doing really well. You have Starship HSA. Again, smart entrepreneurs solving a big, big challenge. Um, and, you know, that that's certainly, you know, that certainly, in my opinion, is the future, right? These kind of digital HSA that are right. encouraging individuals um, to take care of themselves, both financially and health wise. Um, but there is, I mean, there, there is absolutely the other side of that, right? Where, you know, as you contribute more and more to your HSA, uh, the opportunity cost of spending money from that tax advantage pool for actual health, <laughs> it actually ends up becoming a little counterintuitive where um, right. over incentivized to, to not spend on preventative health care. Um, and actually just use it as an investment tool. So there, there are absolutely two sides of that that coin. Um, you know, I, I tend to be optimistic that smart entrepreneurs who, who kind of know the space will will find solutions to, to both of those problems. Um, but it is an area we're really excited about. And candidly, from talking to, you know, folks at Fidelity and other large asset managers, I mean, even large incumbents are saying that their HSA deposit growth is insane. It's absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think it's a languaging you know, languishing asset class that will be seeing a lot yeah. more proactive motion there soon. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's super interesting. Yeah. Cause you know, the HSA, you know, sits there there's, you know, it can compound, uh, but then if you have this medical procedure that needs to be done, you know, there's, a, there's an ele- there's a education piece and probably like a mindset piece there where someone needs to realize, you know, if this, you know, $2,000 procedure or so, is going to you know help them be a little bit more healthier or help improve their cardiovascular you know what's what's the impact of that especially if they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s Absolutely. and so there's there's these mechanisms you know it seems like for the past five years a lot of them have been siloed but there's some interesting mechanisms startups and um you know organizations trying to put these make these pieces talk in a in a in a consumer-friendly way you know absolutely if if i'm playing that back yeah no absolutely it's actually another instance of like healthcare being an intersection between various pillars that we cover here at commerce ventures where um you know hsa is Mm -hmm. absolutely healthcare product um but in many ways it's just another pillar of your financial life and your wealth management um right you see that kind of tie back in um, and a lot of a lot of the the folks who are working on next generation HSAs, you know, their their plan B and plan C, uh, or rather, kind of their next phases of life are kind of transitioning into broad broader wealth management plays, helping young people save more money, uh, not just for health but for other things. And we, we live in kind of a saving star uh, generation. You know, we, we've never seen four hundred one ks be this underfunded, both in the kind of twenty to thirty five band, but candidly, even in the fifty five and above band. Um, so, you know, as as we discussed, kind of having that healthcare payment become more and more on the consumer's plate is making healthcare a humongous, you know, financial services retirement factor, not just something that, you know, happens at episodic intervals with a doctor or physician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, it's super, super exciting times. And it, it, it's great, great to know that. 
you know, from an investor standpoint, you know, these areas, um, you know, your analysis and research, it's not about necessarily, you know, investment opportunities so much, but it's more about, you know, where your research is leading to see where the areas of opportunity are, you know, in the, in the market and that where that compound growth and opportunity can come from, from solutions coming into the space. But uh, Vivek, um, tell me a little bit about your vision of the future when it comes to insure tech, health you know, the intersection of fintech commerce. Um, what what has you excited about the future? What do you see, you know, happening? I mean, obviously we're here, you know, in Silicon Valley, there's there's been a lot of interesting things in the fintech space. It was hard to determine signal versus noise on like, you know, uh, things <laughs> sure. like crypto and blockchain last year. Uh, and, uh, and so everyone's kind of like, you know, trying to, you know, uh, get out of the fog of war there, right? Like, uh, like this year um, to determine what what's what's real, what's what's not. But just tell us your your vision of the future. I'd love to hear, you know, what Absolutely. has you excited my, about, my, uh, about the space. In the very future. bright red text in the uh, in my Coinbase account completely agrees with you on. on disillusionment, but we will uh, <laughs> we'll save that for uh, for another day. Um, you know, it, 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 this is going to sound right. kind of taboo given what we hear with kind of Facebook and Google and these lawsuits. But for me, what gets me really excited and optimistic about the future is, you know, access to data, the ability to process that data and mm-hmm. the, you know, the ideas of what we can do with that data. And that sounds very high level. But what I mean is that um, I think the genie's out of the bottle. I think that there is going to be more data about individuals, right. our health, our desires, our hopes, or dreams um, as they pertain to health and wealth. Um, out there in the market. And that may turn into a voluntary thing in the future. It may continue to be involuntary. But I think that as we've seen AI and ML tools kind of catch up or at least come to light in the past, you know, call it three to four years, I think our, you know, there's always been this data pool out there, but for the first time it's quantifiable, it's attainable, and we have the tools to to work with it. And what I think that's going to mean is that we're going to be able to collaborate better. So whether that means an insurance carrier is going to be able to have access to more accurate data and holistically price you instead of putting you into these actuarial tables from, you know, and I mean this honestly, the early 1900s, um, or whether that means you're, um, right. you know, they're going to be able to underwrite you continuously. So maybe you're not in the best of shape and you've got some bad stuff going on right now, but over time you get better, you, you should be able to reap the merits of that benefit. Um, it can be being able to get real-time updates to your doctor. I think about companies like Livongo and the kind of diabetic health space, being able to send immediate notifications to patients and um, you know their physicians about how they're doing on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour basis. I think the future is going to hold um, you know a lot of you know continuous care, uh, making sure people are always looked after in a personalized mm-hmm. way, um, in a compliant way. Um, and I think that will be really interesting. And there, and again, you know, not not to be entirely altruistic. There's an entire other end of this, right? Being able to to price better is good for business. Being able to kind of target your customers, um, you know, and again, that's that's how if you think about a life insurer or a health insurer, that's how they view um, their policyholders as, as customers, for better or worse. And being able to 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 kind of target them at the times that matter is going to be become easier and easier. Um, and so I think I think that the future will be a lot more personalized and a lot more accurate. I'm really excited to see how we get there, um, but time will tell. Yeah, yeah, no, Vivek, absolutely. No, I appreciate the perspective and 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 your you know your thoughts and advice on this market. And uh, it does feel you know like like we're we're going there, and there's some exciting elements in front of us. Um, you know, on on these uh, on these these pieces you're you're mentioning and that commerce is focused on as well. Uh, Vivek, 
thank you so much for your time. This was great to have you on a show. Love, obviously love to have you back, you know, as you work on different projects and, um, you know, the, the, the markets and investments that you're doing, you see more patterns. Um, so love to have you back. But I think, um, you know, for our listeners out there that want to engage with you and get in contact with you for that, what, what would be I, I think honestly, way the, the easiest way with me is, is probably, you know, email or, or, or LinkedIn candidly. I'm happy to give out my email here. It's Vivek, that's V-I-B-E-K at commercevc.com. Or if you just look up Vivek Krishnamurthy uh, on LinkedIn and shoot me a note, we'd be glad to connect and, and learn more and engage. Um, you know, most folks who spend time in the space will, will always know more than an investor who spends a, a year or two in it. So would love to learn from the community and engage with as many folks as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Vivek, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the, the insights and thought leadership. Um, and to our listeners out there, again, Pop Health Show, it's about making people healthy, making other people healthy. And the show is for anyone that has a passion to do thank so. Uh, Vivek, thank you so much again. All you have to do is think about it. Okay. <laughs>